Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. I've been trying to figure out a way to wrap this season up. The coronavirus just kind of threw everything for a loop these past few months, and podcast work has been challenging for me. I had a few more episodes that I had hoped to record to include in this season, but I just could not make it happen during the pandemic for one reason or another. One of those episodes was to be with my mom. When she took a turn for the worse this fall, I had a sweet friend suggest that I should record an episode with her while there was still time. I thought that was a great idea and my mom was totally open to it. I had the prep work for the episode all done. Yet every time I went out to actually record it with her, she said she wasn't ready. Either she didn't feel well or preferred instead to have me help her with something in the house or in true mom fashion, she would just rather hear about what was going on with me. Mom was so other-focused and always interested in the smallest details of her loved one's lives that often it was challenging to get her to talk and share about herself. So regrettably, we never got the episode recorded. Mom passed away two weeks ago on June 7, 2020. The title that I wanted to give her episode was Fighting for Joy with Persevering Faith. Because through all of the trials that my mom faced, her faith was what carried her through. Her longtime relationship with Jesus is what allowed her to sing and smile through adversity and suffering. And this episode would have fit perfectly in this season as I've been highlighting various tools to help with the fight for joy in this broken world. So in honor of her life and just kind of as a way to process and commemorate her death, I thought that I would dedicate this episode, the final one for this season, to her. I thought the best thing to do would be to read the tribute that I had prepared for her funeral last weekend. I only ended up reading an abbreviated version because of time constraints, and because I was crying through some of it, I didn't say everything exactly right or the way that I wanted to. So today, I'm thankful for another opportunity to share these thoughts, and I will read what I wrote in its entirety. I hope that hearing about my mom's persevering faith encourages you to keep going yourself to keep running to the Lord and keep trusting his promises, to keep leaning into his love and care and grace, no matter what you have to walk through in this broken world. And as my mom did so well, to keep fighting for joy. A tribute to my mom. All throughout my life, I have had people tell me how much they love my mom. And I'm thankful that we didn't have to wait until she died or until her funeral to hear how much she encouraged people, how she inspired them, how she listened to them and mentored them and made them smile. It has been such a blessing to have a mom who is known by everyone, and I literally mean everyone, for her smile and her joy. Joy, isn't that the word that comes to mind when you think of my mom? She literally sang her way through life not complaining, not turning inward, not growing bitter or angry, not even angry with God. So many people have told me that they never saw my mom without a smile on her face. And honestly, we as her family didn't either. What you saw when mom was out and about is exactly what we saw at home and exactly who she was when no one was looking. She had an inner joy, a powerful light that permeated from her soul. Because of this, it was rare that she would not be able to muster up a smile or a song or a word of encouragement. When she suffered her spinal stroke 16 years ago, and we were told that she would most likely be paralyzed from her waist down, I read this passage to her in her hospital bed, 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. 
So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is falling apart, our inner self, our spirit is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction that we are experiencing is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that we can see, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that we are able to see are momentary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. After I read that passage, we cried and tried to imagine what her life was going to look like in a wheelchair. And then she declared, well, if I have to be in a wheelchair, I am not going to focus on what I can't do, but what I can do. And this has truly been her theme these past 16 years. I'll share a quick story about one of the first times I saw her put this new declaration into practice. When dad and mom came over for the first time with her in a wheelchair, it was challenging and emotional. We struggled to get her up our front steps, and it was tough navigating her chair in our house with four little ones running around, wondering what was wrong with grandma. It was evening, and typically if my mom was there when it was getting close to bedtime for the kids, she loved to carry them upstairs and tuck them in. But now she was realizing that her wheelchair was going to keep her on the main floor, unable to enjoy the special routine with her grandchildren. She could also see that the kids were confused and intimidated by this new contraption, So she asked us to transfer her from her wheelchair to the couch and to bring the kids to her along with their picture Bible. And she said, well, I can't tuck them into their beds upstairs anymore, but I can still cuddle them and read the Bible to them down here. And then she proceeded to sing and act out a Bible story. And of course, the kids loved it. I just remember crying both grateful and sad tears, just in awe of my mom's determination, joy, and care for others in the midst of her new disabilities. Many times over the years when she realized that she wouldn't be able to do something or go somewhere because of her wheelchair, she would reiterate, well, what can I do? This positive attitude, along with keeping an eternal perspective, was key to her perseverance and her joy. Romans 12.12 is how she lived, joyful in hope, patient in trials, and constant in prayer. When people have told me over the years that they love my mom, I almost always reply with, me too, she's taught me a lot. She really did, and she really did set a beautiful example for me in so many areas of life, way too many to mention, but I thought today I would just share a few. Number one, motherhood. She taught me how to love unconditionally and wholeheartedly as a mom, to be your kid's biggest cheerleaders and always show up, and man, did my mom show up. Her love for her children was unselfish and sacrificial. She supported us in everything we did. She covered us in prayer. She was generous with her compliments and kind words. I always knew she was proud of me and for me. She also encouraged the three of us siblings to stay tight, to enjoy each other and be there for one another through thick and thin. She showed me how to be a mom who keeps her family connected and close and prioritized time together. But most importantly, She set the example of being a mom who loves Jesus so much that your children can't help but fall in love with him themselves. Number two, friendship. Mom was a faithful friend to others, thoughtful, kind, forgiving, and fun-loving. She used her words to build others up and encourage. I can't ever remember her talking poorly of someone. She spoke so highly and lovingly of her friends. She cared about the details of their lives. 
And as I've talked about, talked to some of these friends this week, I've seen how very much they are going to miss her. It's powerful to live in such a way that you will be missed like my mom is going to be missed. And it's not just her closest friends who will miss her, but also the friends that she made buzzing around town at the grocery store, at Walgreens, Goodwill, in her neighborhood, and even at the doctor's office. A friend who works with her doctor texted me this week and said, all of us at the office loved it when your mom came in. Now, granted, we all tucked our toes in because she scooted around so fast in her wheelchair that we were afraid she would run them over, but she always brought joy into the office with her. Mom was known and loved throughout the community, finding and making friends wherever she went. I'm thankful that we all, including her friends, had the gift of these past four months with her. Knowing that her time left with us was probably limited, it gave her friends permission and courage to be lavish with compliments, praise, gratitude, and expressions of love towards her. In her last days, her friends told her the many ways that her life and faith impacted her. She died knowing that her friends adored her and were inspired by her. She knew that she was deeply loved. Number three, enjoying the little things in life. Mom loved coffee, flowers and plants, sweet treats, bright colors, talking on the phone, shopping, knickknacks. Oh, how she loved her knickknacks and music. Music was always a big part of my mom's life. She loved to sing at the top of her lungs. (laughs) She knew the words to everything from old hymns to polka songs to Frank Sinatra and Elvis. And if she couldn't think of a song to sing that fit the moment, she would just start making up her own song with funny words to capture what was going on. And then she would ask us all to join in, even when we had no idea what the next words would be, because again, she was making it up as she went along. Mom loved that I enjoy music as much as she did. Often at family gatherings growing up, she would make me entertain relatives by playing the piano or the saxophone or the organ. She loved bringing music into every situation and every day. Now, I didn't always like when she sang at the top of her lungs, but she really did show me the joy that music can bring to daily life, the way it makes a hard day a little happier, the way it makes people smile. I just connected with her through music, and so did Eric and our kids. Just last week, she was asking Turner to sing a Mary Poppins song for her. She loved going to Jackson's choir concerts, listening to him play the drums, watch Justine and Turner in the musicals and in chorale, hearing Grace sing in show choir and play the guitar. And it goes without saying that when Turner and his friends started a polka band, she was over the top excited. Music made her smile. It brought her comfort. It allowed her to relive old memories. And it always helped her to make somebody else's day a little brighter. A friend of mine used to clean my parents' house, and she told me that my mom would sing to her the whole time that she was there cleaning. And so fittingly, on Sunday morning, my dad, my brothers, and Eric and I were able to sing over her and to her as she took her last breaths and went to be with the Lord. I know she wouldn't have wanted to enter into his glorious presence any other way. Number four, marriage. What a marriage dad and mom had, dependent upon each other, serving each other, but also enjoying each other. This is a text that I got from a friend who saw them out in the neighborhood less than 48 hours before mom passed away. Jody, your parents look like a couple of happy teenagers in love and enjoying life together. 
Dad and mom clung to each other through the ups and downs of life and always told us kids that we did not have to worry about anything separating them, that they were committed to each other for life, and that they were. And dad, I just want to publicly thank you for being such an amazing caregiver for mom. You made sure that she still had a happy and a full life, even wheelchair bound and paralyzed. Thank you for the sacrifices you have made. Thank you for absolutely tiring yourself out to make sure mom was taken care of and taken care of well. Thank you for bringing her home four months ago and giving her such a happy ending to her life. Thank you for reading the Bible to her every day for praying with her, for praying for her. Thank you for loving her so radically to the end and for showing all of us what the sacred vow for better or worse in sickness and health really means. You lived it and you have given our family a powerful legacy, a story of love and commitment that has taught us, shaped us, and will continue to inspire us. And we are so, so grateful. Now, as a side note here, let me step away from my tribute to kind of let you know what happened with this part at mom's funeral. Before the service, as my dad, uh, my brothers and I were discussing what we each wanted to share during the service, we realized that we all had a section about dad and felt that it was appropriate and right to thank him publicly. So I didn't read this last part to my dad at the service. We decided Merritt would be the representative voice for this part, and he summarized it well on behalf of us all. And then at the conclusion of thanking him, he asked everyone at the funeral to give my dad a round of applause for the sacrificial ways that he has served and cared for my mom over the years. As people began to clap, the grandkids all stood up and started a tearful and well-deserved standing ovation. It was just simply overwhelming and sweet. It was so special and something that I don't think I've ever seen at a funeral before. So touching, so well-deserved, and an example that impacted everybody who witnessed it, including the hospice nurses, who told my dad again and again that the level of care he provided for my mom was top-notch. Well done, Dad, and well done, Mom. You beautifully and faithfully persevered in love and marriage. Okay, back to my tribute. Number five, grieving and grieving well. I never knew my mom apart from grief. When I was born, she was in the raw early stages of grief after traumatically losing her father in an accident on their family farm place just two years earlier. Then, when I was six months old, my older sister Lori was diagnosed with leukemia. I went to live with my dad's parents on their farm off and on for the first two years of my life while dad and mom traveled back and forth to Omaha for Lori's treatments until she sadly passed away at the age of four. So from my earliest memories, my mom's life was tied to grief. I know the disconnect from her during those first formative years of my life have shaped and affected me in a myriad of ways. But also, her example of persevering through it all has equally shaped and affected me. Also for mom, her grief wasn't just tied to the death of loved ones, but as the years progressed, she grieved the loss of other things like her very health and mobility and freedom. Mom was diagnosed with cancer twice, endured a spinal stroke, which led to her paralysis, which led to 16 years in a wheelchair. She suffered bouts with depression and many heartbreaking years of walking with my younger brother through his struggles with addiction. And then Jackson's traumatic death, her oldest grandchild, brought additional grief and deep lament. It seems that mom's life was overflowing with grief, and yet miraculously, and by the grace of God, it also overflowed with peace and perseverance and great joy. 
So when Jackson died seven years ago and I began my own grief journey, I did have an example of grieving with hope right in front of me. She taught me how to fight for joy. She taught me to love on and help others in the midst of your own pain and how to turn personal misery into other-centered ministry. Over the years, I have seen mom share her losses with others in order to also share her gospel hope. I have watched her live out 2 Corinthians 1, 4, comforting others in their pain with the same comfort that she had received from our great God of all comfort. Mom found ways to serve and encourage others all throughout her grief journey, and I want to follow this example. Mom's life also showed me what suffering and difficulties can produce. She was a picture of Romans 5. Suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. And back to the 2 Corinthians 4 passage that I quoted earlier, her afflictions worked to prepare her and prepare her well for her future glory, the glory that she is now experiencing. Number six. Lastly, I mentioned it at the beginning, but what an example she has set for me and truly for all of us in embracing, choosing, and fighting for joy. Mom's joy was not the result of an easy life or comfortable circumstances. It wasn't a result of her own strength or resilience or bravery or determination, although she did have all of those things. We all know that it was deeper than that, more powerful than that. It was rooted in and made possible by her faith, in her deep trust in the Lord and His ways, even when they were hard or didn't make sense. And although her life has always been marked by joy to some extent, it almost seemed to explode as a result of the various hardships that she endured. By all accounts, mom should have had a miserable life, right? I mean, almost every hard thing that can happen to a person happened to her. Yet, she had joy. She was a light. People would tell me that they thought my mom literally shined, and she did. How, though? Why? I think the best explanation is that truly the joy of the Lord was her strength. She reflected Him, and her brightness, joy, and strength were a result of the dependence that she had on His strength in her weakness. She cried out to Him when everything around her was falling apart, and He met her. He walked with her every step of the way, never leaving her or forsaking her. Therefore, she found him to be what Psalm 46 calls a suitable refuge, a very present help in trouble, the true source of her joy and perseverance. In her, we saw the Holy Spirit at work, the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control because of God's faithful process of renewing her spirit day by day, despite her outer self falling apart in this broken world, mom had a beautiful presence, leaving the fragrance of Christ wherever she went. Now, obviously, mom was human. It's hard to suffer well, and nobody does it perfectly. I am human and flawed too as her daughter, so please know that we did experience normal mother-daughter dynamics, and because of her medications and disabilities, Sometimes she almost became childlike to the point where our roles became reversed, which presented some hard challenges as a daughter. And there were also times when she really did have to fight discouragement and despondency and be reminded that her struggles weren't punishment. She needed reminders that the cross was enough and sufficient. 
There were days when she had to all out fight for the joy that she displayed and experienced. But fight she did. She always circled back, recounting his promises, trusting that his grace would be sufficient, and that he was better than anything else the world could offer. And she believed wholeheartedly in Romans 8, 18, that the suffering she was enduring here on earth would not compare with the glory that would one day be revealed to her. And I rejoice knowing that she is experiencing this glory now as her faith is made sight. As I close, I know mom would want me to tell you all that if God was able to provide this kind of joy for her, this kind of peace and help and comfort in her own troubled life, he is more than able to also provide these things for you. Maybe the fact that she didn't lose hope can help you not lose hope or even point you to this gospel hope for the first time. It's available to everyone and it truly is transforming. Remember, although my mom was an amazing human who broke the mold in so many ways and undoubtedly led an inspiring life, the quote-unquote hero of the story is not Virginia Nelson. I know she did play that role for many. She inspired students. She helped others suffering with physical disabilities, disabilities press on. And she set an amazing example for me and so many others in family, friendship, marriage, daily life, grieving, and enduring trials with joy. But the one mom was always pointing to and wanting others to know about is Jesus. May you be encouraged today that whatever you face in life, whatever challenges and difficulties present themselves to you, there is joy to be found in him. The joy of the Lord can be your strength too, just like it was for my mom. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.